Welcome, everyone, to 2023 Episode 9 of the Team Blaney Podcast. My name is Adam Rogers, and alongside me is co-host Steve Mez. As always, this podcast is brought to you by fans for fans. Steve and I have been following the drivers of the Blaney Racing family for two decades, and then Team Blaney itself launched on social media in 2014. Each weekly episode of this podcast offers an in-depth analysis of Ryan Blaney's latest NASCAR Cup Series race, plus news, notes, and a lineup of special guests all throughout the year. This week, we break down the number 12 team's run in the Echo Park Texas Grand Prix at Circuit of the Americas. Steve, welcome back to episode nine of the Team Blaney podcast for 2023, fresh off our first road course endeavor, adventure, um, whatever you'd like to call it, (laughs) of the 2023 season. And um, I think all eyes were on this race because of a lot of various things, changes to the aerodynamic package, changes to the stage breaks. Um, nice weather for the second year in a row, even though they had a hint of rain a couple of times, I think even just before the start of the race had a little bit of rain, but dry conditions, once again, uh, a good crowd and, um, like 30 different people in the NASCAR on Fox booth guy calling the race for everybody. (laughs) What did you think? Well, first off that, that part there, I don't pay attention to whatsoever. (laughs) So you guys can tell me how that went, but my volume on my TV is down to like eight during the broadcast because i'm busy listening to uh some other dulcet tones that we'll speak about later uh but um you know it was it was it was austin texas so it got weird you know um but actually from a lot of the different things we saw i liked it i liked the way it went um i like the fact that the guy who was the best car of the weekend and the best driver all weekend won the race um how he got there is a little bit more disturbing and like I said, we'll talk about that more as we go through the report and everything. Um, but something has to be done about that because it's that's getting to be really annoying, you know, uh, <laughs> these late late restarts. Yeah, it's unfortunate what happened in, in overtime in this race because I was thinking, you know, um, halfway through the second stage, through the majority of the third stage of this race, I'm like, man, this is great. Um, they did get a little bit spread out, but. There were natural natural cautions that happened throughout the race that you know didn't make the stage breaks not happening matter. Um, the racing for the lead. I mean, there was a point when I think like you know three or four guys were all racing for the re- lead for multiple laps. Um, the weekend overall. I mean, congratulations out to Josh Williams and uh, Mule or Dave Nichols who were spotting for Zane Smith in the truck race uh, as front row went three for three and Zane went back to back winning the truck race, the Xfinity Series race. I don't know if you caught any of that. I thought possibly the best race of the weekend, just the way that those cars run on road courses and uh, seeing AJ Allmendinger uh, hold off William Byron for the win there. And like I said, we're talking about the cup series race that we're going to recap here for Ryan Blaney, despite the fact that once again in Austin, he had a little bit of an up and down day. um, I thought the overall experience was really, really good, but just like you said, got weird, just maybe I don't want to say ruined, but just tainted a little bit by the uh, antics that happened over the last half hour, I would say that race. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, we get, uh, as we, as we get into it, like I said, we'll talk more about what and why and, and, and some of the different things that maybe need to be changed, but whether they change them or not now or next year, who knows, but uh, there's some things that just need to be done because 
even um even some of the non-NASCAR guys that were in the event talked about how rough the NASCAR drivers, how much they lean on each other. Yeah. And when you got, you got guys from other driving disciplines talking about that. Um, and unfortunately, and we've had this kind of like back and forth. Uh, Josh even said it to us one time about it's a TV show. You know, it's not actual racing sometimes. And that is a problem. Um, it's unfortunate because you've got a good number of people who watch it, who are racing fans that understand racing, understand, um, passing points and understand like, you know, looking for, uh, uh, you know, where you can pass on a, on a road course and so forth. And then you've got people who just want to see people hit each other. And the end of the race gave you that, you know, it gave you a half hour, 45 minutes worth of running under caution, lining them back up and then doing it again. Um, some great in-car camera views, um, <laughs> you know <laughs> of of people going right up into the middle yep. of things you know and then this guy spun and that guy's off to the left and you know what happened over here and did we get underneath him and then you know five spots gained you know but it's just not actual racing and that's why i said at the beginning about how i was glad that um that the best car won yep because it was very easy for somebody to wreck the best car in those last couple restarts so yeah so the one thing i will say on any future rule changes is we have five more of these uh road and street course events this season i'd like to see all of them i'd like to see the snow stages and everything play out i know indy is probably going to be one of the next ones where we have a turn one that uh, has all the cars funneling into so that might be one to keep a close eye on but i won't call for any changes just yet until maybe we're through this season and then we can we can talk a little bit more about that um so speaking of things that were frustrating uh why don't we jump into a recap that i know is going to start uh with friday's 50 minute practice session that they had for the nascar cup series the frustrating part of this thing uh was that the cup they didn't nascar didn't add it to the cup schedule or to the tv schedule until very very late and fox kind of came out and said look we already had stuff allotted for this time commercials already sold for that time um so they ended up running this thing tape delayed. So were you able to, mm. what I tried to do was stay away from spoilers, which was impossible because of our discord and people tagging us on Twitter and various things. But I tried to stay spoiler free until I watched it tape delayed, but it's just practice, right? Yeah. Well, I listened to the scanner. So for me, I had to listen to it on the scanner and tried to watch it on through timing and scoring that NASCAR puts up on their, on their, uh, app um so yeah i caught it in real time and i'd rather do that because if i don't catch there's things i catch on the scanner sometimes little notes little hints little things that tell you how um how the weekend is going to go and um yeah so i that's the way i caught it you know and and they this is one of those ones where they went in and out of uh, the track a couple times um they were you know within a second little less than a second on their lap times each time they came in and out of the leaders um they were you know within four laps of running on their last session out there they were you know running 10 just a tenth or two off the uh, the leaders lap times um but like i said they they came in they did four laps they came in um 20 minutes in uh you know jordan taylor was p4 speed wise um, the 45 and the 23 were running more laps than anybody else. Um, most of the drivers came in after five laps, you know, um, 
and it's funny at one point Bubba was P2 of uh you know of the 45 but he was almost a half a second back the 45 was just that bad, that good uh 23 minutes in we get a caution for debris um and 27 minutes in they go back out um now the two the two car kind of bumps up to the fastest at one point um and then Ryan runs a lap uh, lap 7 it puts him uh you know P14 um they pit after lap 8 but 30 seconds minute 30 minute 36 minutes in the 8 car ends up putting being the fastest lap for a little while there uh then the 45 comes out you know and his qualifying uh trim and blows them all away <laughs> um 40 some minutes in Ryan does come back out and uh and now he's only he's less than a second off of the 45 so they close the gap on their qualifying run also and um you know qualifying wise that probably would have put him in the top five if you know what happens the next day but um literally the 45 is way faster than everybody else um interesting thing is that second uh ryan was the second best overall lap average though with all that coming in changing some things going back out gaining speed um they were gaining enough speed where they were you know one of the top top cars um <laughs> before saturday you know which on a track like this, that's what you want to see. Sure, like a fast lap's great for qualifying, great for setting you up for the race. Uh, but with the rhythm that you have to get in with these tracks, or you know, you know, the just the way the different corners uh, work, um, where you're finding speed at throughout your run, you want to have a good average lap time when you're mm-hmm. at a road course. And so I wasn't too concerned that he wasn't setting like a blazing time that would be really great in qualifying. I wanted us, I wanted the team to qualify, you know, within the top ten top 15 mm-hmm. maybe i probably would have still been happy with but um seeing the average time being up there new or kind of proved was was showing that they had a pretty decent setup in the car when it came to the long run or the bigger picture uh yeah. as opposed to maybe just qualifying yeah now um it's um so i went back over the notes of last year just to see how qualifying went and ryan was actually fifth fastest in his group last year and then he made that final 10 and then he put out the run that that won the poll. So um they they had two sessions, a group A, group B, and I think it was 10 minutes a session for, for qualifying on Saturday. And Ryan was one of the first, actually, he was literally the first car out. He comes up the hill into one and totally locked up the brakes, slid four-wheel slide. Um, he made the turn. And what was interesting is right behind him, or not right behind him, but the next car yep, behind him was car. The, ten, the 10 car. And the 10 car did the same exact thing, except he lost it and went off into the gravel off to the right-hand side, uh, all the way up on, uh, past the turn. So um, Ryan limped it back, and I say limped it back. I mean, he still ran a halfway decent lap for having happened what happened. Yeah. Um, But they, they came in, and they have... Like I said, they've got eight more minutes, seven more minutes to try and get it back out there. Now, the problem is, is you don't, you can't change tires. Um, this is something that a lot of people who watch the race on Sunday didn't even know about. And I'm, I'm hoping more people come to the podcast. Please come yeah. to the podcast. <laughs> we, we get more information that you, that you don't know about. Um, there was, I'm not going to say exactly who, but I had a couple texts going this direction and that direction. And with five minutes to go in the session, I knew that they weren't going back out that actually one of the tires was corded 
that it that it was you know it was scuffed up so badly that it was corded. So um and and then about three or four minutes to go once again scanner about three minutes to go in the session. Jonathan tells uh uh Josh that they're not going back out. Um, so they took the time of the one lap and ends up being 38th best time out of 39. Um, but they could, they weren't allowed to change tires. So there was no way they could go back out there and do anything but damage the car. You know, <laughs> if one of the tires is corded and then it just rips up while they're trying to run another lap, you know? Yeah. So obviously the, the fans were frustrated, you know, people were adding us on on social media, trying to find out what's going on. What, you know, why they just give up? Why didn't they go out there? You know, just with the damage that was done to the tires, it just physically wasn't going to be possible. So, I mean, you know, this team they don't quit. So, if anything, they would have done anything they possibly could to get out there. But if you can't run out there on on cords or damaged tires, it's one you're not going to be fast enough anyway, and two you don't want to. You don't want to blow a tire and end up in a end up into a barrier or something like that. So yeah. this was unfortunate. I, luckily, I think we were trying to spread the message a little bit. Um, unfortunate and frustrating, I'm sure for Ryan. You don't want a driver mistake to kind of put you behind right out of the gate, but that's kind of where they're at. And you know, because we hadn't run this new aero package yet, where it was very challenging to pass on road courses last year. You know, I was very very concerned at the position they're going to be put in, um, except for maybe a strategy call or something bringing them to the front because I thought, Oh man, there's no way they, they they're going to be able to pass. Now, obviously when we start talking about the race, it's going to, you're going to see that it's actually a little bit different and that this new aero package worked out really, really well. I think at least at here, I don't know what's going to be at the other five tracks, but yeah, um, not all was lost, but um, they were definitely in a hole going into this race on Sunday. Yeah. So, um, the 24 actually gets the pole, which is kind of weird because the 45, once again, his, his lap in the, um, in the first session there to make the top, top five of his group was, was better than everybody else by, you know, leaps and bounds. And then, uh, I think he bobbled his lap when they were going for the pole a little bit. And so he was going to start P2. Um, we get to Sunday and the stages are 15, 30 and 68, six sets of tires here, fuel window of 26 to 30 laps, which once again, is going to be interesting because you, you know, think about racing the race backwards and that fuel mileage became a thing until the, the, uh, the debris caution there, um, pit stall 30, which was between the 14 and the 31 and 34 goes to the rear for uh, adjustments of his, uh, he had an incident in his qualifying. So that was kind of cool because, Right away, Ryan gained a spot uh, because the thirty, uh, the thirty-four was in Ryan's line to begin with, so he'd have to go to the back. Ryan's line moves up one. Um, you put out the Twitter poll on uh, on Saturday. I says, "Hey, hurry up and put the Twitter poll out. Let's find out what people think." And it got a pretty good number of votes there. Yeah, several um, hundred votes, and uh, yeah. Possibly the last time we're ever going to be able to put a poll on Twitter and have people vote in now. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, that's another story. I read that. Yeah, that's another story. We'll have to figure <laughs> out somewhere else, somewhere else to put a poll up. Instagram polls or something, I guess they have or something. But, um, but what was interesting is that, yeah, we, the, the kind of fun, we've got to have fun with this, you know, it's not a great situation, but let's have some fun with it. Um, how do you think Ryan will do in one lap? Because you know that he's better than 15 to 20 of the cars in front of him for sure. And then with some adjustments, he might be even better than some of the other ones in front of him. But how good do you think that first lap's going to go? Try to battle around those guys and so on and so forth. And I voted for eight, um, eight, eight cars passed. Uh, but between six and eight was over 66%. 
of the votes. So a lot of people were optimistic that that first lap would go well. And um, we got a caution actually in that first lap too. So, Which helped <laughs> actually helped in the positions yeah, gained. Him. Yeah. He ended up uh, all the way up to 30th. So he got eight positions, um, you know, on the day, the, the, the circuit of America's road course, they've got three spotters. Um, it was Josh is the primary spotter. He's up there turn one and he can see, uh, down through the S's and so forth. And then he catches Ryan, I think at 18 and 19, if you look from that view that they showed sometimes up there, he can catch him down at 18 and 19 coming around. There's a blind spot or two. Um, they had a guy by the name of Matt long as a secondary guy. And then our guy, Dave Nichols mule was our, was the third guy, uh, had stuff down like 14, 15, 16 down that area. Um, so yeah, the, the 84 got turned around the 17, the 77 involved, uh, ends, ends, uh, seven times day. And, um, and Ryan misses this just barely. And we, we know this because he, so his Ryan's, we haven't mentioned this yet. His car is equipped with a bevy of in-car cameras and onboard cameras and cameras on the roof and on the bumpers and a variety of things, um, which were great for the TV broadcast. And I thought would also be great for our, uh, the online broadcast through the app or through the website where they normally do cycle through all the views. Uh, unfortunately, and I posted it on Twitter a couple of times during the race, all we had to see the entire race, which can be cool for a couple seconds mm-hmm. was the in-car view facing Ryan, watching his hands on the steering wheel. Um, so that was just a, a tiny bit frustrating that I thought for sure, maybe you were just leaving it on that for the pace laps and then we would switch, but man, yeah. Ryan was involved in so much during this race. It would have been really cool if they had moved through his camera views, but, um, yeah. I think that's, I that's a, complaints number two of the day is that I get a uh, weekly, they didn't move I the get, views. Yeah. I get a weekly, um, uh, a weekly survey to take and usually it's, you know, choose this choose that but then there's a thing at the end of type and i typed out a long soliloquy of things about how that just ticked me off because i pay money i pay extra money every month for the service okay and nine times out of ten uh the camera view is just the camera through the front through the front windshield which is not as great of you as you think but it's not bad especially on uh you know when you're you seeing him catch somebody coming in and out of a corner, how they run a line better than somebody else in front of them. Um, but you're right. That camera view, the other guys who had the in-car camera on Fox, whoever they were, every time I switched to their cameras on the, on the app, it was showing all the different views, whatever the director was choosing for the yeah. different views. So, so the first off that ticked me off. Secondly, I spent the whole race, every chance I got trying to figure out who was running directly behind Ryan and then put their camera on. Yep. So except for when he was a lap down, you can't figure out who's running behind him. But all the other times when he's on the lead lap, I figured out who's running behind him, put that camera on and at least watched the action as Ryan usually drove away from that guy, whoever it was. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it passed. Then I had to figure out somebody else. So he just passed that guy. Okay, let's change to that guy. So, and that was the other thing that was really bad about their app. And I told him about it is the timing and scoring on the app is hideous. It's it awful, for, especially forever, for road courses forever to update. And it's like, oh, now the TV version is updating constantly as guys pass each other. Why is it that you can't have the app on your freaking your app, your NASCAR, your app? Why can't you have it work correctly? Why is it that the Fox broadcasts app or not app, but their uh, you know, on screen thing works correctly most of the time. I mean, I don't understand that either. So. Get it together, people. We're, you want people to, 
you know, this is technology here that, you know, you want the younger crowd to pay attention to your sport, then make sure the technology matches, uh, you know, their fandom, you know, yeah. we're airing our grievances here. Um, uh, yeah, I, shout got a, out. I got a soapbox and you're going to hear about it. <laughs> uh, shout out to uh, Jimmy Johnson that you mentioned the 84 car got, like you said, got spun in this incident. And um, I think he got T-boned and ended up ending his day. So he spent the whole weekend in Austin, Texas to run about half a lap. And um, I'm wondering if he's going to add another race to his schedule there. But, uh, and again, a reminder, uh, Jimmy Johnson showing up the track with crew chief, Todd Gordon, Ryan's former crew chief uh, running that team. So um, wanted to see them do well just because Todd's over there calling the shots, but it's uh, unfortunate to see them go out so fast. Really. Like I said, if you were watching the race, you got to see some of Ryan's views of missing this wreck and, that was pretty impressive, and at least it was maybe the one incident he was able to to miss on the day. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jonathan here, they, they, this is, like I said, lap one, so he's just telling him if uh, 10 or more cars come in, then stay out. <laughs> so just in case, we're going to start playing strategy games um, to get track position, but uh, no one pitted. Um, Ryan actually comes in and gets some fuel. It's like, okay, so let's, let's, no one else is going to pit. We'll get some fuel on this, you know, we'll get a little bit, uh, another lap or two more than everybody else. Uh, um, so he ends up 32nd for the choose cone. Cause I guess a couple people behind him did the same thing. Um, this, this, uh, Jonathan tells him changes the plan a little bit more different than what they talked about. Um, they kind of like, they talk about numbers. They, they don't say exactly what they're saying, but the, what they're saying is how many more laps they think they, they're going to run before they make their moves. Um, Ryan takes the left-hand lane heading up the hill, which is the inside of turn one, uh, early on in the race, everybody, all these other restarts that happen, the natural cautions, everything before the third stage, basically any kind of restart, everybody did a pretty good job going up into one. We'll talk also, later about later in the race, but talking about, uh, rule changes. Another one that I didn't bring up here. The fact that this is the first road course race where the choose cone is under, uh, under its yeah. use. So they, now I don't remember the exact turn that it was on, but it wasn't like at the start finish line. That would be no. way, way too late. Um, so they did this earlier on in the, in the track before they actually took the green. So um, what were your initial thoughts? Do you think it, I don't know. I mean, it did make a big difference because there's a big difference between inside outside for your mm-hmm. strategy of how you're going to survive turn one. That's probably where it came into play. So I'm that's, interested that's to see later. what happens at Indy and some other places too, where yeah. the, preferred line is going to be i think it, it is really important at, at road courses maybe even more so than super speedways yeah the third the third stage restarts the, the late in the race restarts it makes a huge difference and we'll talk about it more more there too and like i said i have a i have a solution to the problem that you know a lot of other people have said um but uh one of the one of the guys well, i don't want to get into it just now but one of the other guys one of the drivers <laughs> said one of the drivers already said, he says, you know, we, we don't take care of each other. You know, everybody's for themselves at that point and so on and so forth. Well, somebody said, you know, we need to be, um, regulated. Somebody needs to like take their toy away, you know, in a manner of speaking. So we'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, so, uh, they, they do the lead restarts at like laps five or six here. And, uh, the two is actually leading at that point and, uh, lap seven, uh, runs up to 34th. At lap eight, the 14 gets spun. And at the same time, we got a penalty for the 22, the 11, the seven. Okay. So we start dealing out some penalties for people cheating. Um, and by cheating, uh, you mean they're cutting the S's, which was basically cutting, yeah. the only place on track where track limits were enforced. 
Uh, normally they would have at a track like this, they would put turtles or they'd put some sort of barrier there. Uh, they can't do that with the next gen car because it would just destroy the underbody of the car and um, cause maybe even more problems, more cautions. So um, they emphasize this greatly in practice. They are handing out warnings during practice uh, in the Xfinity series. They disallowed William Byron's time. I think when he was running for the pole, because he, mm-hmm. he cut this and basically you just couldn't get all four tires into the green area underneath the curb. So um, you're going to see, yeah, you're going to see this with a teammate here that does it too. That gets pretty upset. Um, but a lot of guys all throughout the day kind of get dinged for this. So it's something to watch. It's one of those rules you don't want to really hear about or necessarily see in force, but they said that the time you can make up if you cut, you know, cut the corners there was significant. Um, it's also one of the reasons why Reddick was so fast because he was able to move through the S's um, with maybe about an inch, an inch of clearance to where he was still uh, within mm-hmm. the rules. Yeah. Um, lap, uh, lap eight, uh, we're up to 29th now and, um, the 45 takes the lead. Um, but by lap 10, we're, we're 23rd, you know? So once again, there, there's speed there. There's some things that can be done. There's some moves being make, made here. And these are good cars. He's passing. It's not all back markers. I mean, the way mm-hmm. road courses are, it's a little bit different the way the field spread out. So this was kind of my first, uh, in, you know, inkling that the new aero package was going to work out actually pretty well. And I wasn't as concerned about him moving through the field. Now, this is the lap where the five spun out and the 23 may have had oil on the track. Okay. Now I saw some things about this online and, um, we're 21st at this point. Now, if you're in the position to pit and you're close to pitting and you can do it before the caution comes out, it's excellent because then everybody else will pit behind you and you'll gain all that track position. Now, did they actually call a caution for these two things that happened? No. That's the interesting part is that Ryan was close to pitting or near pit road at this point, but the actual caution didn't come out right away. The caution did come out for the 51 car stopped in 19 and 20. And timing wise, you know, he could have hit pit road, but it was real close. And uh, like I said, I saw some online discussion about, oh, they blew that. Well, maybe they did, but maybe they didn't because, like I said, the they weren't getting the caution for the thought that 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 they said on the radio. On the radio, Ryan says, "Hey, there might be oil." Or blah blah. Josh and Josh was like, "Yeah, I'm going over to tell them." And they were doing that, and they were working on that. But the actual caution that they did actually get was for 51, and it was a good 15 seconds, 20 seconds later. Than, than what they were trying for. So, yeah, there's just so much happening at that moment. You know, you have the 23 going into the five, mm-hmm. uh, which busts up the 23, causes oil line to rupture, puts the oil down on the track. Then mm-hmm. you have the five trying to limp to pit road, gets spun on accident by the 11, and yeah. he's just turned around sitting there. And then, like you said, you have the 51 elsewhere on the track stopped. So there's like three different things they could have called a caution for. Uh, but like you said, ultimately, it's they could have picked whatever, but it ended up being the 51. But because of that, Ryan was already passed. Yeah, past pit was, road. So there's close to past at that point. So, um, uh, they talk about if everyone pits, uh, then stay out, you know, to get in front. But um, about 15 in front of uh, cars in front of Ryan do do uh, do stay. Um, so 45 does pit from the lead. Ryan ends up uh, pitting and ends up about 28th here. So he only lost a couple spots by pitting, even though 
it's kind of funny because more cars stayed out. So he actually didn't lose that many spots to the guys he's pitting with. Uh, he actually pretty much broke even there. The spots he lost were the guys who ended up staying out. Um, the 24 is now the leader and, uh, Ryan now chooses the right-hand lane for the restart lap 15. Um, now this is, this is that restart at the, at the <laughs> This is another thing that happened that was really, really goofy here. We did not have a stage break coming up. So we get to lap 15, end of the stage, and we restart. So the guys between the restart lane, I'm sorry, between the restart zone and the start finish line, we're literally racing for the, for the points. And no one, honestly, but between like the spotters, the teams, the rate the TV, the radio guys, everyone was like, well, we think, we think that it's going to be how they come across the line. I think TV eventually did say, okay, we've confirmed that it's how they crossed the line. So it's basically just a drag race from the restart zone to the start finish line. So, right. So if you were like 12th position, you could get a run and go around somebody before you got to the start finish line. And that's when you did. As long as you didn't go below them or whatever, I don't know how that would work, but, or if your lane moved faster than the other lane next to it and you could pass, you know, so I'll just say, keep in, keep in mind that this is like a, will be a problem. We might not even see this again the rest of the year, but just a super rare occurrence. And it was just so funny. And I think even Josh on the radio, but you might've been mentioning this, um, Mm -hmm. was, was relaying that. I think we're, he's like, you know, the stage is coming to an end here. And then he's like, I don't, he said, if it, I don't think we'll get the one to go. That would be weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, it, then like a few seconds later, he says, no, you're going to get the one to go back there. So it was just, just seems like an odd, it was an odd thing all around. Nobody was necessarily prepared for. So yeah, we, we had a, a drag race breakout in the middle of a, of a NASCAR cup series race for a second there uh, for the yeah. top 10. So at um, lap 17, we're up to 27th. And then we get to the incident at lap 18. Um. Ryan is racing with uh, the 43 car actually behind the, yeah, but behind (laughs) the two of them is the five car. Now um, the five car was, here's the thing. I'm watching the five cars in car because yeah, Ryan's in cars, (laughs) right. And, and he's two, he's behind the 43 and he's behind the, and behind the 12, he's watching them battle. He's trying to get to them. And, um, yeah, I've heard three different sets of opinions on what happened here, but more than anything else, they come into a turn that's a left-hander and, um, Ryan has the 43 underneath him. It looks like Ryan is trying to apex the turn a little bit and cut the 43 off a little bit, yep. but not to hit him, not in a way to hit him, but to keep him from making a move underneath him. Meanwhile, the five car, he may not have, I don't know. He may have lost his brakes a little bit went in too hard too deep i mean he did it at the indy road course like dramatically last year into turn yeah. one so you saw yes. that so um, he may have it may have been a driver error you know we won't, we won't say we won't just totally blame him it may have been a driver error he may have been trying to see if he could pull off a move and then just didn't pull it off um but what he does do is dive bomb in there and um you know 12 wheels ended up being better than uh, four for him but in the meantime ryan gets you know, damage pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause the five basically drives right into that rear tire. Um, Ryan's afraid. I think you'll talk about this, that the tow link spent one thing yeah. I'll say about this incident. You're talking about describing the way Ryan's running the 43 and a lot of, you know, there's several 
fan videos and stuff of this incident from people that were right there in the turn. And, you know, all the comments are like, Oh, you know, Ryan, it's Ryan's fault. He deserved that. He was moving down. Yeah. He's moving down because he thinks he's just running the 43. The five is probably nowhere in, even in his, you know, video mirror that he has, the five is probably nowhere in there. That's not something the spotter is going to know. That's the fives. Like, decision in his brain to dive bomb so the spotter's probably not calling for to watch for that they're probably watching for the 43 to make some sort of a similar move so yes ryan probably moves down about a half a lane to complete that turn at the apex of the turn and then the five comes out of nowhere i think that even if ryan had held and not moved down i still think the five runs into him and dumps him in some fashion so the the um the end car like i said i'm watching the fives in car through his front windshield and to me it looks like a missile yeah. He just goes right in there, and it doesn't even look like he tried to turn the car. Yeah, uh, that's the other thing. If he goes in there and he goes in too hot, and you see the uh, the the front tires turning left, like he's trying to make the turn, but he's yeah. breaking and sliding, then you would say, okay, well he just overshot it and tried to make a move, and it didn't work. But it almost looks like he just just didn't even care. It looks like he just wanted to get by the two of them he was like oh the two of them are messing with each other i'll go underneath them and then he just didn't go underneath them. yeah once again once again driver error he didn't execute you know yeah so like i said i agree with everybody saying ryan was moving down 100 percent true um i don't think that contributed to him getting spun out i think no matter what the five was still going to keep going into him even if he was a half a lane higher than he was when he was turning down so So it is what it is and um i don't know if you if you have any input on the damage repair that they did here what what happened well i I didn't catch a lot of it but they thought it was bent um and they try to fix it here but they actually end up fixing it later on when we're doing all these extra cautions at the end um they do lose a lap uh during this time period and um ends up being back to 35th and uh, they, but they get back out there and get off the clock. And that's the main thing is they get off the repair clock. They run fast enough speeds. And as I as, guess as with damage, a lap down, um, they're, they're doing pretty decent. Um, so they're fueled up at this point too. So they're going to be on a whole different strategy yep. as far as what to do with their fuel too. Uh, so at lap 28, um, Jonathan tells them we have 20 more laps of fuel from lap 28 on, uh, Ryan says the steering wheel's off a little bit, uh, says he's got like no front end. Um, so this is some things that Jonathan actually, when they do pit, they make some, uh, wedge adjustments to try and help with that. Uh, it's up to 34th, uh, the 45 wins stage two. And it's pretty quiet on the radio because he's not really running with anybody or around anybody. Um, this is when the, the race gets very long. <laughs> like yeah. it just because no. Ryan's not, we're just waiting and hoping we're, someone yeah, runs into a gravel trap or something to to yeah, get a caution he, because he's the 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 first car, car one lap down for like an yeah. hour it seemed like yeah he's the only one and um so Jonathan tells him we're going to run as long as we can on the fuel at lap thirty eight um he's still over a minute ahead of the leaders so you know he's maintaining pretty good. Um, literally, I don't know if I wrote this in the, in here at some point, but his, his lap times with damage was better than the next, like not next, but about 15 cars in front of him. There were of of 30, some cars in front of him. He was better than 15 of them with damage, you know, a lap down. So I knew if he can get the lap back, you know? Yeah. And even we kind of saw that when he first came out of the pits, when they made the initial repair, when he came out to make minimum speed, um, he had fresher tires compared to the leaders. 
and the tire fall off wasn't huge throughout the day, but he was running about two seconds faster than the leaders. And I was like, okay, that he's not, it's not great, but the car isn't super damaged. So that was really kind of good to see. And then also just put us on watch for, all right, come on, somebody, somebody come and bring out this. And I was like, did we use up our luck at Atlanta? Is that what happened? You know, he gets that caution last week to get back out on the lead lap there. I'm like, have we already used that for the year or for for the month? Um, So we're just basically just waiting and waiting and waiting for something good to happen to to get back on the lead lap. Yeah. And right away, lap, lap 41, we get a debris caution. So the lucky dog happens. Um, and the bad part about this is on a normal track, everybody files over to one side and you can go around all of them. Um, it's almost impossible here with all the turns and everything. And he is having problems getting around everybody to get past yep. the pace car. So they only have about a half of, uh, what they figure to be about, um, a quarter of a lap to fix it. And they, and they called it as a quickie yellow. Yeah. So then they ended up, they couldn't fix it. Um, they do a wedge adjustment again to help here. Um, from like help for, for the left to right type thing that he's having a problem with the restarts at lap 43 and the 22 was leading at this point. The 24 takes the lead basically in turn one. Um, you know what this was though? Ryan's cleanest restart in turn one of the day because he was by himself. (laughs) <laughs> about 28 yeah. seconds behind yeah he's way behind them <laughs> the rest of them to worry about yeah running into anybody um if you ran if he ran into anybody there those that person was having a problem um so yeah he was like you said about lot 46 he's about 30 seconds back uh but he was faster than the next 10 cars in front of him with yep. damage you know he's got damage still and he's faster than the next 10 cars in front of him uh 45 took the lead on that lap um the f- lap 49, the five car breaks and he, you know, he's got some sort of, he limps back to the pits and Ryan's up to 33rd. Uh, we got the 41 and the two with penalties. So Ryan gains a couple spots there. Um, he, he's, you know, he's at lap 50 he passes the 51. He's up to 31st. Um, the 45 is leading most, most of the cars, um, might be a lap short on fuel. So this is the fun part. If, if this would have stayed like this to see how many guys were short on fuel, where Ryan would have would have would have been in that because he might have been able to conserve fuel. I mean, this would have been so much fun if yes. it would have continued. You know, I I think I said in the Discord like I am here for this fuel mileage race right now because yeah. you just weren't sure. There's you know the ninety nine had basically decided they had enough and they, they started making up spots, Put, putting pressure on. Yeah, so it was just man, this is where you wish it could have just played out. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know yeah. if that would have been better for maybe it would have been better for Ryan if he picked up spots from people running been, out, but in my opinion, it'd been better for a yeah. lot of people, but but not the people that like smashing up derbies. So yes. Yeah. Um lap fifty four, the eight car pits, uh these up to twenty ninth. Um so Ryan passes like the twenty one, the eleven at some point, the eight car comes out, passes him. He's up to twenty eighth though. Um lap fifty six, the six car is he run out of gas here? Um you know, I, I, he makes it and limps around. Six had a lot of problems today yeah. or that day, including uh, we we didn't mention it, but seconds before Ryan got dumped by the five, Ryan may or may not yeah. have dumped the six. We don't know the full yeah. story there, but that, he yeah. did he did spin off his bumper. But the six was involved in several incidents yeah. beyond than beyond just this one. Yeah. Um. So we're up to twenty sixth here. The caution comes out for the six. So um, here's another thing. People want to strategize, you know, the Sunday night, Monday morning, keyboard warrior quarterbacks. Okay. Um, if you listen to the scanner, 
Jonathan asks Ryan what he wants to do. So you guys want to blame this person and blame that person. Please go away. Go root for somebody else. I'm tired of this. Okay. The crew chief left it up to the driver. He says, what do you want to do? You want to come in? You want to get tires? We come and get tires. You want to see if we can fix the damage? We'll see if we can, whatever, you know, but he gives them that option. And Ryan says, let's put tires on it. It's going to be better for these restarts to have fresh yeah. tires. Yeah. I think he basically um, said, I will not survive if we don't put tires on it. Um, mm-hmm. So who knows? Who knows what, what yeah. could have happened? But, you know, if you've listened to a lot of interactions between Jonathan and Ryan and even with Todd Gordon, too, like they used Ryan's input on mm-hmm. a lot of calls. And yeah, some of this is stuff be- they've probably talked about even before the races started. Um, mm-hmm. But they, you know, they want to make sure that they're all on the same page when they make a decision right. when it comes to strategy. Yeah, he wants to be confident in what what the decision is, you know. Um they're pitting from 26th and they get to 24th on the pit stop. So, uh, about five of the cars ahead of them stayed out and, uh, they gained two spots, um, on the pit stop itself. So very good pit stop. It was the, uh, was a pie tech, uh, pit stop yeah. of the week. Yeah. For um, team Penske. Yep. For team Penske. Um, Ryan takes the inside on this next restart coming up, which is the left, um, and going up the hill. And uh, we restart lap 59. The 20 is leading at this point. Um, the three, the one, the 16 spin out, going into one. 45 takes the lead. Ryan's up to 20th. Okay. So the way this whole weekend went, ah, we're looking at top 20 possibly. Yeah. He scoots uh, through on the inside there pretty deftly. And um, it wasn't perfect. I think he still might have lost a couple spots to people behind him but like you said he ended up gaining more just by passing through that crash there and then i'm just hoping all right let's just like you said they're top 20 let's just get to the white flag this is fine for the day that we've had and we continue yeah now we got another caution here and um we had uh, so we're up to 16 for the choose cone because a couple cars pit and um Ryan takes the outside. Now it's 16. Now yeah, I'm going, right. Okay, 16th. Now okay. Now we're not going to maybe a top 15 <laughs> top out of this, <laughs> you know, what the hell? Um, we'll take it, you know? Uh, so he takes the outside, the right-hand side going up into there. Um, restarting at lap 61, the 45 leads. And um, the, here's the bad part about these restarts. Okay. Uh, Ryan's in a good position. People are fanning out. He's kind of going up the middle and he runs into the 22. Now, is he trying to run into the 22? No. The 22 ran into somebody else who checked up. But the problem is, is nobody's checking up anymore. The guys at the front, the front two, four, six guys are trying to make the turn properly, trying to break, trying to get up there, trying to get underneath, trying to set up the next turn, all the things you're supposed to do on a road course. The 24 to, to 30 people behind them, I don't know, I wanted to call them a dirty word there, behind them have decided there's only a couple laps left. And if I dive bomb it in there and I get lucky and I hit the right guy and he hits the right guy, and we hit the right way and I get up underneath, I can gain some spots. And this ends up happening to Ryan's benefit at, at certain points too. But um, this one here, not so much. Um, he hits the 20 to 22 in the middle of one. Um, and the 24 is leading. He ends up 20th coming out of it. So he lost, you know, four spots coming around that um at lap 63 the 45 pass for the lead he gets the lead is ryan's up to 19 because he passed the 31 car then we get a caution for debris on lap 64 um he's 19th at this point 
you mentioned yeah, these so that- uh these restarts going into turn one being you know bumper cars and bang them up and one thing i didn't hear actually that much about on uh radio or podcast so far is the fact that some of this you know so that first year at coda um it's like raining like crazy so things were a little bit more tame probably into that turn than they were these last two years mm-hmm. but the next gen car and you know the next gen car isn't durable when it you smack the wall with a wheel uh it's pretty durable when it comes to bumper cars <laughs> yeah, hit, but so i think hit. so these yeah. guys know maybe they they know that the car is going to be safe i can't say that they're going to be safe with some of the issues they've had they know that the car is going to be safe if they just hit get hit from behind if they hit somebody in the front if they hit somebody on the left or right that they're going to make it through most likely mechanically so i think that's also just part of this whole thing is you know they kind of run into there thinking they're pretty much invinci- invincible unless they spin so we get uh first green white checker here um ryan takes the inside the left hand lane um i got hit again i have written here it was the 91 car that whacked him this time and uh flat tire coming out of there um and so we're the, the caution yeah we're part of the caution because our tire is disintegrating and it's a great view of it on tv there as it ripped off and came off and cords everywhere and uh-huh. um great great part about this is they do pit and we're going to be in the back anyway so they fix the damage um to the point where it makes the car a little better to, to maneuver uh the 41 is heavily damaged in this um but like i said when they came in now they know they're gonna be in the back of the field anyway so um they do they work on that uh i don't know if they swapped it out or not i i should have checked to find out they actually swapped it out because they got pretty good at doing that but they fixed enough where uh the wheat steering wheel wasn't off anymore either so um he could really do what he wanted to do with the car um so p30 for the start here another green white checker at 45 leading uh ryan takes the right side so he goes all the way off to the right here um the 51 punts ryan <laughs> doing yep. this with we get a, and we get another caution on this one. I don't know if we're on a spin count yet. Is this four? <laughs> I should have paid attention. Yeah, this might be four. Been. Yeah. Um, so we got another green white checker coming, but Ryan's up to 24 now for that choose cone. Uh, the 45 leads. Um, Ryan goes left now. And the, the thing about going left is okay, we're too wide as we're going up. And then if you get a good run, you may want to go left at the guy in front of you if you can get around him. Well, Ryan does do that on this one, and uh, he gets at least all the way to the inside to avoid um, what ends up being a pretty good spin out on the right-hand side of, of a bunch of cars. Um, I got to the word gaggle. There's a gaggle of cars going <laughs> into one, and Ryan goes inside of it and gets to 21st um, during this. So, um, you know, that, that and that was it. They, they finally completed the, that, that lap and got to the last lap, so there wasn't another green-white checker. And, um, you know, I want to, one more spot would have been great. Top 20 would have been super, uh, the 45 wins the race. And that's what I said about earlier about how I'm glad that the fast car won the race because the way they're piling up into there, anybody could have punted the 45 at some point, spun him out, put him 10 positions back, yep. had another re- restart and he would have been try to get through people. And then he would have been the guy being the angry, angry person. Um, Heard it suggested on other podcasts already. Heard it suggested by other people. I suggested it last night as we're watching it. I hate to say this, but if you get to stage three on these road courses, um, any restart that happens during stage three should be a single file restart. Yeah. And this is one of those things where it's like the track doesn't change. The mindset changes. The mindset changes. And, um, you know, dirt. we're from a dirt background. 
you and I. And what do they do a lot of times at the dirt track? If they get two or three restarts that don't go well, um, after that third one, they put a cone out there, right? And they make yeah. everybody run run outside of that cone in a single file. And it's not Same unprecedented thing. even for them to decide to do this in the midst of a race. Uh, that first race on the dirt at the, Bristol, the dirt. They, they went ahead and did that as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's, it's completely different reasons why that happened. But it's not unprecedented for them to decide, you know what, we're going to go single file on restarts. Imagine... Um, you know, we're going to take take Ryan for an example too, because uh, of what happened at Indy last year. But imagine a, a single file restart these places where where they pile into a corner like that. Um, when they're two by two by two by two, and things get backed up, all of a sudden it's five and six wide. And we're you know, we we saw it yesterday. The great drone shots from uh, Fox. They put a drone up in the air there, and you get these great shots of six wide trying to get around that bend. If you're single file going past the start finish line and you get a run you might get two wide maybe possibly three wide well three wide almost works on those turns or at least if you're defending three wide but you're not going to get six wide and i said use ryan as an example let's go back to indy last year one of the last restarts of that race ryan is running in the second position the you know they have a choose for the for the leader at least the leader chooses the whatever the better better choices for coming into turn one okay so he chooses that well they come down to turn one and ryan is trying to run a line to not hit the guy who's running first but yet make the corner in the meantime five guys have now made it four or five wide and they punt ryan if he's in a situation where they're single file going into that restart then he's only worried about the car in front of him and the car behind him and that's it. You guys can defend your territory that way. If you get spun, it's a lot more obvious who did what to whom. Because that's the other thing. Once you get five wide, you get six wide, you're piling in there. One guy hits another guy who hits another guy who hits another guy who hits another guy. You don't know where it came from, which in the post race ends up being something between the 99 and the one and the 48. The 99 didn't know who actually hit him. He thought it was the 48. Well, no, it was actually the, the one behind the 48 that hit the 48 into him. You know, well, when you're single file on a restart and maybe you get too wide, you at least know where it came from. And then it could be kind of like, well, you didn't defend it very well, or maybe they were, they didn't race you with this, you know, but now the racing you with respect thing is a lot more evident because you know exactly who did what in these five and six wide situations. Nobody knows. And they all shrug it off because they're all like, well, I did what I had to do. You know, uh, Ryan survived for 21st place finish yesterday. And uh, the way the weekend went, it really wasn't a bad thing, but they really do. They just need to get to something different. Um, but like, once again, it's a TV show. People want to see this stuff. Um, I don't. <laughs> yeah. I want to see racers race, you know, I, I, the only thing I will say, and I said this at the top of the show, is I want to see the whole body of work from the air. I don't want to make a knee-jerk rule change just based on one track, which, I mean, it, they, they, they have the potential. We don't know yet until we go race there again, but they have the potential again at Indy and some, and maybe turn one at, at Watkins Glen, too. But I don't. I would like to see the whole body of the work for the year first. I would also want them to consider maybe if they don't want to go to something like a single file restart, is to do this. Which again, this might be difficult because it's going to have to be different in a different area at every track. Is set them off green somewhere else on the track before they get to a turn like that. So 
that might yeah. just introduce another turn that they all go piling into or something. Yeah. But if they could do it on a, an, another straightaway that goes into a more forgiving turn or something um, prior to that, I would look into that because on it, in the, the case of Coda, like if say they send them green, you know, back before turn 18 or something like that, um, by the time they get to the front stretch and get up the hill to go into turn one, everything's going to be spread out and you're not going to get six and seven wide. Now, what I will say is that they are going to change absolutely nothing. Because if you saw those grandstands and if you saw the grass in front of turn one there, Coda, they was loaded with people because they're sitting there to see that action, to see the show that you're talking about. Um, so I think NASCAR is just sitting back and saying, this is going to be a Twitter storm with a vocal minority for the first part on Twitter that, you know, you know what, there's thousands of people on Twitter making comments there's millions of people watching on TV. Watching it, yeah. So I think absolutely nothing is going to change. But if they did decide to throw the green somewhere else on the track, if they did decide to go to single file restarts, mm-hmm. that's fine. I don't care. But I just don't see them doing it. But I wouldn't. I don't want to see a change until next season, if anything. Yeah, uh, I think they could change it tomorrow because we've already seen enough of these this last two <laughs> years. So truthfully. Take- yeah, you know, they, the last two years. So, you know, let's read uh, Ryan. I, I grabbed Brian's comments real quick post race too, because, um, you know, you know, you want to hear from what the driver has to say about all this. And he said, certainly, uh, certainly wasn't the day we were looking for. We're starting in the back. We managed to gain quite a few spots early, but got hit really hard in the left rear and had to make repairs. Glad we had a shot late for a decent finish, but those overtime restarts are crazy. And sometimes it doesn't work out. And other times it sometimes it does work out and other times it doesn't you know so you know they they're a lot of the you know some guys were just totally ticked off and you heard about it some guys were it is what it is um but uh we've had enough of them already like i said in the last two years you, you're talking about the end of this year but we've already in the last two years since this car's come in to being seen that they don't care and um like I said, you put them single file, then they kind of have to respect each other a little bit more is what I'm saying, you know, because there is really just no respect. It's, yeah. it's sad. No, like I said, 100% agree with you. I think they change nothing. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, well, I agree. It won't change anything. But. So one thing I was concerned about based on the performance this weekend is that you're going to see potentially see Ryan fall out of the top 10 in the point standings. But I think things are just so crazy and the standings are so tight that we didn't really see that much. Ryan does fall two positions. He was in fourth last week, falls to the sixth position, uh, minus 34 points to the leader who has regained the lead here. In this case, it's Ross Chastain. So the top yeah. 10 right now, Chastain, Kyle Busch, Joey Logano, Kevin Harvick, Christopher Bell, Ryan Blaney, teammate Austin Sindrick, um, in seventh, Truex in eighth, Keselowski in ninth. Who saw that coming too? RFK is mm-hmm. making a little bit of a turnaround. Mm-hmm. And the race winner, Tyler Reddick, is in the 10th position in the point yeah. standings. And for those keeping track, Justin Haley is still in the negatives right now. He is minus oh, minus seven points Poor guy. in 48th Poor guy. position. Now, they, I guess they're going to hear these appeals next week, I believe, like next I Wednesday. Was, I, thought was, I thought it was this Wednesday. Is it this Wednesday? I know I they're so. over the next. Oh, I think maybe the Hamlin one might be pushed until the next <laughs> one. But um, so they're going to start hearing some of these appeals over the Louvergate, if you want to call mm-hmm. it that. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting to see what the difference is between the appeal for the calling car, which only had one of their two louvers on the car taken, whereas mm-hmm. all the louvers from all the Hendrick cars were taken. So um, let's see what happens there. But for now, Justin yeah. Haley minus seven in mm-hmm. points. So I'm, I'm glad you read the points off to everybody, um, the top 10, and then pointed out 
where all three Penske cars were. So uh, this is just another note for the Monday morning, Monday morning, Sunday night, uh, <laughs> backseat driver quarterbacks out there with keyboard warriors. Um, all three Penske cars are in the top seven of the standings right now. So um, you know what? You want to blame this guy and blame that guy. And this guy is bad. And this thing is horrible. And this guy's doing the wrong thing. Three, all three cars, top seven in the playoffs, six races in. The, you know, as they go. So, you know what? Go away, everybody. Well, root, for us or get out, root for us or go somewhere else. Okay. Yeah. I won't go that far, but same, same as last year. It's, I don't want to say it's funny, but it's, it's kind of funny that you, we hear this a lot when Ryan, we only hear this when Ryan has a bad day, Um, which we, none of us like bad days. We hear, oh man, he, sh- he never should have extended with Penske. He should have went somewhere else. I'm like last year, you know, obviously Ryan only won the all-star race, but last year, all three drivers made the playoffs and Cindric didn't just make the first round and exit. Cindric powered through for a couple of rounds there. Starting off this year, Logano's already, already won. Um, Ryan's been close and all three cars in the top 10, not just in the top 10, all three cars in the top seven. So I don't know, obviously as a fan, you want more, you want most fans probably want Ryan to win every single week. And if he doesn't, they're going to be upset. Um, that's not going to happen, but it's just interesting to hear the, t- the takes of people that their knee jerk reactions to uh, yeah. oh, Penske's terrible. Oh yeah. The oh, all three cars in the top, top, seven. top seven of the NASCAR cup series standings right now through six races. So it's not even like through two or three races This is through six mm-hmm. races of the season so mm-hmm. far. Yeah. All different types of tracks now. And now we'll get a true short track coming up here too and see what that happens, what that well, does, but. Talk about that short track that's coming up this week as the NASCAR Cup Series heads to Virginia to Richmond Raceway, uh, formerly one of Ryan's worst tracks on the Cup Series schedule. I'll get to his stats in just a second, but I want to talk about TV, and it's kind of an action-packed week over there if you're if you're heading to the racetrack this weekend. And the, the action starts on Friday with the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour, uh, the Virginia's for Lovers 150 at Richmond. You can catch that at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time if you have Flow Racing, and you can also listen to it on MRN. Um, I've on iRacing, I tend to run modifieds a lot, and I have a Flow Racing subscription. I watch a lot of modified racing. Um, it's some really cool stuff uh, that they do out there. So if you do happen to have Flow or something like that, you can catch that on Friday. Um, after that, uh, the, the Arkham Menard Series is happening on Saturday at Irwindale Speedway. Uh, the Craftsman Truck Series is not at Richmond this weekend, but they are in action, and that's going to happen uh, 3.30 p.m., at Texas Motor Speedway alongside with the Indy cars. So tons of racing happening this weekend, but it, it's a little bit odd that the the Xfinity and Cup Series are separate from the Truck Series this week. So the Truck Series standalone event at Texas. Now it's going to be an early morning for you on Saturday uh, when it comes to uh, the mm-hmm. Cup Series practice and qualifying. And that's going to happen at 10 a.m. in the morning Eastern time for practice and qualifying at Richmond. Um, and then the Xfinity Series race is going to follow a couple hours later at 1 p.m. Um, I, a little bit better than the situation last week where practice and everything uh, happened on Friday and then also happened on Saturday, but maybe 10 a.m. is good. Kind of get things out, out of the way in the morning. And then Sunday, the race is going to happen. The Toyota Owners 400, uh, 2 p.m. is when race day starts on FS1. The race you can catch at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time. Now, Richmond Raceway is where Ryan made his Xfinity Series debut with Tommy Baldwin Motorsports. Um, it's also the race that got him noticed by Brad Keselowski, noticed by Team Penske, and basically set the trajectory of his career uh, from there. Uh, on the Cup Series side, though, 
it was his probably statistically his worst track for many years. I say many years, but really only dating back to his first start in 2016. So he has an average start of 12.3 an average finish still of 20.1, just three top tens. But the good news is since 2021 uh, finishes of 11th, 10th, 7th, including a pole uh, in that spring race at Richmond and then a 10th place finish in the fall race at Richmond last year. So four straight top 11 finishes for this team, three straight top tens. I still remember that race, uh, the 2021 fall race at Richmond where Ryan's battling with the three car and edges out that top 10. And it almost felt like a win because he had an in-car camera that day, which was, was rare at the time. So um, it's just still funny thinking about that. And since then three straight top 10. So the tide is turning for the 12 car turning for Ryan. I think he worked even with Todd Gordon in those, the 2021 year on a lot of simulation work there. He really wanted to get better at Richmond. And I think it's finally gotten there, uh, especially with the speed they showed last year in that spring race where he started on the pole. He led 128 laps of that contest. So um, I'm thinking things for this week probably is a really great week to rebound from some of the chaos that happened uh, at circuit of the Americas. Yeah. This, um, uh, this package, like you pointed out, the package at uh, Coda um, was pretty good for passing and so forth. So uh, this will be the first test on an actual like short, short track. I, they had it at, at Phoenix, but um, it should be a pretty good, I think uh, because what ends up or what ended up happening before this package and before this car is that they would get single file there and pretty much couldn't get around anybody because of dirty air. So, um, if we can get a little more side-by-side racing and, and be able to pass people this weekend, I think we're in pretty good shape, um, track position to be good. And, uh, like you said, the pole and everything, you know, and letting all, leading all those laps, uh, can't, can't hurt, you know, can't hurt the confidence going there and, uh, hopefully being able to pull that off again, uh, this year. So again, if you want to catch the action this weekend, specifically in the NASCAR Cup Series, you can catch practice and qualifying on Saturday, April 1st, April Fool's Day, 10 a.m. in the morning uh, on FS1. Uh, the Xfinity Series race will follow. Then later on the afternoon, again, you have the Tex- or the Craftsman Truck Series at Texas. And then Sunday, if you want to watch the pre-race show, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on FS1. And then it follows at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time with the Toyota Owners 400 at Richmond and cheer on Ryan Blaney. Um, one other thing that we need to go over, and that is our weekly recap of the Team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League. I'll start off by giving folks uh, what my starters were. And I want to point out, I don't usually look at the points as they run um, very often when it comes to fantasy. But um, as far as the standings go, I look and see how my lineup's doing. I was like excited because I was like top five, top ten for a majority of this race. Um, but didn't work out in the end. I started William Byron, who was on the pole. He did get me 42 points. I started AJ Allmendinger, who won the race on Saturday in the Xfinity series. But on Sunday, uh, quite honestly, I don't even know how they let him keep racing because he could not hear his team at all. He could not hear his spotter at all. They're trying to put tape on a pit board sign to tell him you know, how many laps of fuel he has left in a car or something like that. I think Ryan had even stopped before a race once when his radio wasn't working to replace his whole radio. I know there was another race where Chase Elliott had issues and uh, they considered parking him too. So somehow Almondinger survived 
uh, a majority of that race. I think he did pull in later on. Anywho, long story short, only 11 points from Almendinger, the road course ringer. Uh, Chastain got me 39 points. Tyler Reddick got me 50 points. Daniel Suarez was poised to probably get me 40 points, but got punted. Second to last restart gets me 15. Ty Gibbs, I had in my lineup originally and put Chastain in and stuff and left Gibbs in the garage. Gibbs would have gotten me 28 points if I had left him in, uh, but not uh, if I'd thought about it. I don't even know when Almondinger was having most of his troubles. Maybe I could have swapped Gibbs and Almondinger and got up a little bit more. Um, but let's take a look at my featured matchups. I haven't even looked at these yet to see if this is where my real problems were. Um, featured matchups. I picked Suarez over McDowell. Wrong. I picked Reddick over Bush. That was right. I picked Dinger over Larson. That was wrong. And then I picked Gibbs over Cindric. That was wrong. So only one of the four featured matchups. And I'm guessing that's where I really struggled. And that also might have been what was pumping me up early on in the race uh, before a lot of that chaos happened at the end. Specifically, I think with the 99 car, I would have done much better if he would have made it through that melee. Yeah, I had um, I had Larson in the lineup, uh, and I, I um, I'm sorry, I had um, I had Kyle Busch in the lineup at one part and swapped him out for Larson, and I should have mm. swapped him back, but I, it didn't. It happened too late uh, before I could swap him back. But I had I had Reddick, I had William Byron, I had AJ, and AJ ends up being a disappointing points thing for me. Yep, same. Uh, Larson, and then Suarez. And um, Suarez getting punted at the end there hurt hurt that point. So once again, this, this all happens in the last lap or two, getting punted and you know and so forth. So uh, if I would have had Kyle Busch in, basically with who I swapped him for, there'd been about twelve more points, which jumps you up the standings pretty good. Usually, um, I did have Suarez over McDowell and lost that one, but then I had Reddick, I had Larson over Almendinger, I did have Cindric over uh, Ty Gibbs. So uh, you know, thirty points earned there. Um, you know, it's kind of crazy. So you had Larson in your lineup through the wreck with Ryan, the wreck mm-hmm. with Bubba getting, I think a toe link or something broken at one point. He still ended up rebounding, I think for a 14th place finish. Yeah. Uh, so, but uh, we talk about teams that are capable of winning championships and the 12 team does this a lot. Um, mm-hmm. This might be a race that the one, the five team looks back on saying, if, you know, if we wouldn't have survived that uh, we could have been in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um Let's take a look at the points, the standings uh, for the top 10 and points earned at Coda for the Team Blade and NASCAR Fantasy Live League. It's worth pointing out uh, that you finished in a five or six way tie for 41st in points earned with 175 points. I finished in 56 uh, tied in the household here uh, mm. with 167 points apiece. Um, but let's scroll up to the top 10 in points earned this past weekend. In the 10th position, the Prime Minister 3, 197 points. In 9th, Montana 12 fan, 198. In 8th, hashtag LGM, 199. In a tie for 6, we have Glitterbugs and TJH3, 201 points. In 5th, we have Angie 12 with 202. In 4th, we have Dom the Blaney fan with 207 points. And then a three-way tie for points earned. In the first position, Math Mom 4, Go Larson, and Racing, Racy Boy Racing, 216 points. So three-way tie in points earned in the first position in points earned for the Team Blaine and NASCAR Fantasy Live League after Coda. Let's take a look at the overall standings. Um, you 
have held serve pretty much in the 11th mm-hmm. position here. 1,123 points. That's your team as 12. I'm scrolling and I, I, this is like where I am every single year. 41st position. I swear I never get out of the 40s. 41st position. Team Blaney host Adam, 1,033 points. So you have pulled away uh, by just under 100 points over me. Um, so I guess there's still, it's still possible. But let's take a look at the top 10, which includes a tie here for the ninth position. Eric D15 and Penske Fan 24, 1,128 points. In eighth, we have Hilton's Heroes, 1,129. In seventh, we have Go Larson, 1130. In sixth, we have Blaring Idiots, 1140. In fifth, we have Frygal, 1,148. In fourth, we have Christian or Christian Dana, 1,166. In third, we have Epic Chickens, 1916, 1,178. In the second position, we have Factory of Sadness 6, 1,200 points, and leading right now by 48 points over second place in the first position, the Nutty Gamer, 1,248 points. Uh, So again, this week, we're heading to a short track, Richmond Raceway in Virginia. I have the stats pulled up for the last several winners at this race, so let's go back to... Uh, the spring race of 2019, and let's roll through here. Martin Truex Jr., Martin Truex Jr., Brad Keselowski, Alex Bowman, Martin Truex Jr., Denny Hamlin, and then Kevin Harvick uh, won this race in the fall, one of the two races that he won back-to-back uh, leading into the playoffs there. So anybody on that list? Truex has been down a little bit. Um, Keselowski has found a little bit of speed. The team was really good at Bristol last year. So maybe, uh, they might be someone to consider Alex Bowman, um, seems to always sneak up at the end of races. Um, some would say, I think this might be the, I can't remember if this is the hack race when he won, or if this is the, he always backs into wins, uh, <laughs> uh, race, but, uh, there's a t-shirt for either one of those, but he won that spring race in 2021, uh, but yeah, it's only been, it hasn't been too long since Truex won there. Denny Hamlin used to own that place and he did win a race there last year too. Um, Hamlin might be somebody to look at. Uh, Truex, I don't know if I have a start for him yet this year. Maybe I, I drop him into the lineup. Ryan's probably going to be in my garage, but if you know he sits on the pole or something, I might consider starting him. Um, anybody else that you're looking at for this weekend? Yeah, Truex is the first name that came to mind before you started even reading the names off. Um but this is uh this is another one where practice, I gotta see what practice happens with the you, you know new package. So who knows? New package and the new 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 noses, what do they do on the short track? Um, uh, especially like I said, this is a shorter short track than the mile that they were at. So I mean this is just a whole new game. Um really interesting to see how the Toyota's Ford's Chevy's react, you know. Um Hendrick, it's early in the year because of this whole points thing, but they're and so they're not totally desperate yet. As a matter of fact, Bowman's already up to 16th in points himself. We know that Chase is going to have to win a race to get in anyway. Um, Byron's already won races, so uh, Larson is a guy to look at because Larson uh, may need a win here. And uh, you know, seeing how they practice and so forth, Larson's going to be one of those guys in the next month or two to come that uh, you're going to have to look out for. Well, that sounds good. 
Uh, so again, after that race at Coda this past weekend, we are on to Richmond and hoping for a much better result for the 12 team and everybody over there, Ryan Blaney. But we want to thank you, everyone, once again, for tuning into this episode of the Team Blaney podcast. If you'd like to learn more about myself or co-host Steve, just listen to our very first episode from a couple of years ago that explores our Blaney racing fandom. You can interact with us on Facebook and Twitter at Team Blaney and on Instagram and TikTok at Team.Blaney. Finally, we'd like to encourage you to support the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation. Established in 2018, this organization supports causes like the Alzheimer's Association and UPMC Sports Medicine through fundraisers, events, and membership in the Blaney Bunch Fan Club. To learn more, visit ryanblaneyfamilyfoundation.org, follow them on social media at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or go back a couple of episodes. We uh, interviewed Leah uh, Blaney Reeves, and she talked all about the golf outing that's coming up, all about how to join the Blaney Bunch fan club, and all about a lot of the great causes and events that they're going to support throughout 2023. Yeah, definitely check out the TikToks because um, I want you people to check it out, subscribe, follow us, because you can tell the difference between the ones I do and the ones Adam does. (laughs) (laughs) And I think you really need to check out the ones Adam does because they're they're way better. First off, you know, there's a lot more lot more skill uh, being put into them and 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 so forth. Um, but this last one was just was awesome. <laughs> and the other thing, so you know, if people have seen the video versions or the video interviews that we've done, and you can see Steve's background that he has of all of the hoods that he's kind of crafted himself. Um, he walks you through a, a couple different angles too on the TikTok where you can kind of see all the different hoods because there's more than just what you see on his background whenever we do post a video version of the podcast. So like he said, check check our TikTok out, check all our social media out. Definitely check out everything that's going on with the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation. So for my co-host Steve Mez, I'm Adam Rogers. We will catch you next time right here on the Team Blaney Podcast. Good night, Brussels. Well, thanks everybody for coming. I hope you enjoyed it.